Hello, welcome to Uni Life with Canvas Nottingham. I, Miles, will be hosting. Today, we are joined by Christoph. He is an alumni of the University of Nottingham, and he has been a part of the Canvas community for the past three and a half years. I have some fun facts about Christoph before we begin. Christoph is the best board game rules explainer I have ever met in my life. And a second fun fact is Christoph is in the process of creating his own board game. Christoph, uh, welcome to UniLife. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I really need to add the line of uh, best board game explainer to my CV now. Yeah, <laughs> I think I that's very to... important. Yeah, but so uh, yeah, I'm uh, glad to be here and um, uh, yeah, it's like I'm looking forward to it, if not a bit nervous. Is there a board game that you struggle to explain the rules? Oh. Uh... Surprise question off the bat. Um, not really at the moment. Like, only it's only if I'm not familiar with the game, if I haven't really played it properly, I understand it properly, that I can't uh, explain it properly. But it's like once I've learned all the mechanics of the game, I think uh, I'm confident in explaining it. Christoph's sort of the polar opposite of me. Uh, when I try to explain the rules of board games, everybody just gets a little bit more confused. And uh, that that's my edge to victory that way. <laughs> it's uh, a diabolical scheme all along. I know, I know. I, I'm just masquerading uh, to help myself and my chances of victory. Uh, so um, in this episode, we're going to just talk a little about, about Christoph's experience and his story and his time in uni and at Canvas Nottingham, and now what's going on in his life. Um, but before we get into that, I just wanted to um, begin by asking you a bit about your background. Like, where did you grow up, Christoph? Well, as many people can tell from my accent, I wasn't born in the UK. Um, I was actually born in Quebec, Canada, so like the French-speaking part. North America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, when I was five years old, uh, I moved to England with my entire family. Uh, the main reason that I know of is because of my dad got offered a really good job in England. But I think there was like other reasons as well. Like he was originally uh, British born, so uh, he hadn't been back since he was eight, I think. So I think he wanted to see how the old home country was. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I uh, grew up in Newcastle for uh, most of my life, uh, up to the point I went to uni, and I came to Uni of Nottingham in uh, 2014, and uh, fell in love with the place. I uh, made a lot of friends here, decided to stick around, and that's where I am at this moment. Wow. So, so you grew up, grew up your first few years in Canada and then moved to England. How was that changing countries as a five-year-old, as you said? Um, it was pretty surreal, yeah. Um, I guess like, I didn't have many memories, is uh, to begin with, of Canada. So like, I think I adjusted to it uh, much better. Like They were worried about me is like, uh, picking up a new language. Thing is, I barely picked up French to begin with, so... Oh, like uh, English pretty much was my first language. I hardly spoke French, yet somehow I ended up with this like chimera quality of a voice. It doesn't belong anywhere. <laughs> it's unique. 
It is, and that it was very noticeable growing up. Uh, like that was the very first thing anybody noticed ever about me. And basically, yeah, as like that's like whenever I first met anybody, that was my identity, like the foreign one, the different one. And so, yeah, like I, I which I, at first I was like, well, yeah, I am foreign, I am from Canada, fair enough. But whenever I visited back to Canada, I would be the British one all of a sudden. And it's just like, over here, I've got a strong Canadian accent. In Canada, I've got a strong British accent. I was like, my, I can't do any other accent apart from this voice. I've tried to do different accents in the past, but there is no, no changing this voice. It's here to stay, whether I like it or not. So how was building relationships like in this season of your life, if you were viewed as the quote-unquote outsider? Well, I mean, it's like um, once people like uh, got over uh, the voice, like um, like I think I made good impressions. I think people liked me, but it's like, like I kind of uh, noticed that people like to, like, uh, try to see the how people are different to them as quickly as possible, and then try to surround themselves with people who are like, just like them, like, and so like um. I fit like um, I got along with people, but I was never inside a group. Like I was always kind of like along the edges of groups. So like, well, that's how I felt anyway. I mean, I think that's a really great insight. Of people seeing how people are different from them instead of like what unites them and brings them together. Hmm. I mean, us adults struggle with that uh, now. Let alone like six and seven and eight year olds who. Hmm. Um, look at people who are different. So I think that's a really great insight. And the world would be a much better place if we sort of flip that logic on the way around. So I think that's a great insight. Um, so you talked about growing up in Newcastle and then coming to Nottingham for university. What was the first few years of university like for you? Uh, the first couple of years uh, were actually pretty good. Um, like a uh... I've always uh, been really socially awkward, so like uh, I was afraid of like trying to make friends. Um, um, I think uh, like I must get along with people quite well. Like I got uh, along well with the people that I was living with in halls, like well enough to live with them again in second year. I was getting along with people on my course, and uh, I also like enjoyed a sports club, and um, I was making friends there. Uh, so like uh, I think uh, yeah like I was uh, pretty much enjoying it and uh, I I started to feel like I actually was part of something. Third year things started going downhill, uh, yeah. where basically uh, I took on way too much. Like uh, I decided to join the committee of uh, of uh, my ice sports club. And this was like third year chemical engineering I was doing as well. That's when the work really ramped up. And uh, just essentially, like, I just, like, bit off way more than I could chew. I ended up making, like, uh, mistakes both in my work and in my committee work that ended up, like, impacting, like, the whole society, which really put uh, down on me and just... Yeah, like I, I basically kind of like went into withdrawal, withdrawal mode, like October, November, December, like so much so that, like it really impacted uh, my work and my uh, like revision of like for the exams. 
that uh, in January I had four exams and I failed every single one of them. Wow. So third year was definitely a difficult year for you. Like, how did you feel at the end of January? Sort of like things seemed to be going really great. And then within a three to four month window, things started to fall apart in different ways in your life. Yeah. Um, like, I think the best word I can think of is just broken. Like, like, every, like I just thought this is like, my thought was like, I completely messed up. There's no coming back from this. Like, uh, I can't, like, uh, I didn't see myself uh, be able to, like, uh, catch up all of the marks that I needed and the resets to finish that year. And I couldn't, I was too ashamed to, like, um, face my society anymore. Like, I was really down dumps and, like, just hiding away from everything. And, uh, but luckily, it's like, uh, my family, um, like, uh, really got, is like supporting me like my dad uh, drove all the way down to Nottingham to spend a weekend with me to like talk things through and like like Newcastle to Nottingham's three hours and like he's a very busy person like my dad works all the time so the so like it really meant something to me that he took the time out to like come see me and so yeah he encouraged me to like talk to my tutor to like talk things out and my tutors were really like my whole department was really supportive and yeah they, they had me like uh go see the doctors and that the doctors did diagnose me with uh ranging from moderate to severe like depression anxiety and so the department like decided that at a since like uh like it's clear that uh, i was starting suffering all the way back from october like the beginning of the year they deemed that um i wasn't in fit health to do that here so what they suggested for me to do was to uh take go on voluntary suspension and uh, come back next year to do third year as a first attempt so it wouldn't be a reset year it would be a second first attempt so that let me get this timeline right that all that happened was like january february of 2017 correct yeah um and so i remember actually meeting you in february of 2017 uh and uh i met you when we saw the lego batman movie together um with a lot of other people with canvas nodding them yeah. uh and you just talked about your dad being a great place of community and support what did community and support look like here in nottingham so it seemed like you had a good family one yeah absolutely like i was very like i've been lucky throughout my whole life to have a very loving supporting family and they were absolutely there for me. It's like um, when it came to my friends, so like um, so like I mentioned that uh, like I got along with uh, the people that I lived with in halls. I lived with them second year. I ended up living with different people for third year, so I kind of like lost contact after with my original friends. And so my uh, social group was mainly people from my course and the society. Like, and the trouble was that, as I said, uh, because of the mistakes I did with the society, I was too ashamed to, like, go back there. Like, it's, like, I know now that I was thinking it was a lot worse than it actually was, and that they would be a lot more forgiving than I was forgiving myself. But at that time, I, I'm like, I just built it up in my head that uh, everybody hated me there, that I had no, no reason to go back there. 
And when it came to people on my course, like it was hard for them to like empathize with me what I was going through because because they were doing the exact same work I was and they had their own things going on as well out of like societies and stuff. So oh like it was hard to like sympathize that I was struggling with because they were going through the exact same work as well. Yeah. So like I couldn't really find that much support there. So yeah, like at that time, my family was the main form of support. And so when I went on a voluntary suspension, like my dad like kept constant contact with me. He's like, right, so what are you going to do with the rest of the time? I'm just like, this is the time to rest and recuperate, but don't do it from inside your room. Like you're not going to get better just stay in your room for the next few months. You have to go out, socialize and do the things that you, you know that you like doing. Even almost if you don't like, feel what like are it. you going to do about it? Like, this isn't ideal. I know it's hard. Yeah. And almost, what are you going to do about it? Um, and so how did that community develop in the next few years? Because I, I now know you now, and I know a little bit of the story, but if you don't mind sharing. Yeah. So, yeah, he was basically saying, it's just like, um, like, uh, like, go out and have some fun, but like, do it with some people, like, uh, go like now you've got free time go and join other societies that uh, you, you know you'd like to but you just didn't have time to so the main one for me was a board game society because i really got into board games the past yeah, board game. few months and so uh i went there and uh very first night i went was also the very first night that uh bryant and caleb went who at the time were uh, interns uh, for campus like they came over for america uh, to intern to do an internship here and and yeah like this there was their first night at board game society too and since we didn't know anybody we decided to form a group together play board games together and so that was my very first interaction with canvas because um, yeah, like yeah. I, I played ball games uh, with them uh, the next few weeks afterwards. I enjoyed their company, and yeah, then they uh, invited me to uh, go see the Lego Batman movie with them and their friends. So like, yeah, I haven't seen a movie in a while, and and uh, like I was still like uh, hesitant of like um, going to see large groups of people because like large groups of people make me nervous. But I just thought like. It's a movie, it's like there's something to focus on. It's like there isn't that much pressure. And if I'm, and it's like, yeah, there's no pressure for me to stick around if I'm feeling uncomfortable. So, yeah, I think it'll be good. And I can say after that event, the rest was history, I guess. Yeah. And what did that like development and community look like here at campus? I, that's how I've known you at least. Yeah. So, like, uh, like I really enjoyed the movie, but I, I also enjoyed talking with the people there, and so much so that we went to the pub after. Was like back on nails when it was yeah. still open. Rest in peace. Uh, um, but it's like yeah, I really enjoyed. Uh, um, so I got interested in Canva. So like I started going to more of their uh, events. Going uh, to like they did uh, the pancake day in uh, the tiny house. I went to. Who would like to some of the events also the white hot uh, one of them being the murder mystery like i had a lot of fun on that one and so 
yeah, like I was really enjoying the events. And then uh, I knew like I was actually starting to like feel like wanted and welcome, especially like um, when I was starting to get invited to events outside of the organized events. Uh, the main one being uh, the D&D uh, sessions close uh, to Joel's house. Yeah. And you started like, to build community outside of the organized structure of events, like getting invited into these, not like selective things, but like things that are like, oh, only a couple of people are doing these things. Yeah, they're like, like, uh, like he's like, he looks like somebody who would enjoy Dungeons and Dragons. Let's ask him. Yeah. And just like, yeah, like I really appreciated that and I really enjoyed that. And like, uh, and so, yeah, like I was feeling community with a small group of people. But then I did start feeling like a community throughout campus in general, or because like um like I was really appreciated what campus was doing and I wanted to help out however I can. So or like I would just do like tiny little things like stack the chairs up at the end of the night. Like I thought I was just doing something like very mild. I was like just however I can help anyways. Like I just thought, oh it's like oh, like I'm do I'm just helping out behind the scenes. Like um it'll be be fine. And it was more than fine. It's like um, I was surprised that people that the canvas members uh, were taking notice of what I was doing, and they seemed to appreciate what I was doing. So, oh, so yeah. that 100%. they invited that they invited me into at the time to be called a student leader. Which uh, at the student leader meeting, we decided to rename ourselves the fellowship. And so, like it just. Like yeah, that time that at um, I was going through a hard, hard time, like like really struggling to find like self worth and self confidence, and there were these people like saying like telling me that yeah no it's like uh, we do appreciate you it was like uh, we really appreciate what you've been doing here, and it's like we and we recognize that and so that definitely so helped me. So in this couple year uh, experience, you were talking about you've started to develop a community of people who seem to really love you for who you are. Um, you just sort of started to talk about like doubting your self-worth or like what what was your internal dialogue at this point? Like what's going through your mind? Because you've already talked about struggling with depression and anxiety a bit. Um, and so if you don't mind expanding a bit. Yeah. So. Um... Basically, it's like what happened uh, like from October to January was a tipping point on like issues that I've been dealing with like uh, from a young age, like since I was a teenager. Like it was like basically like emotions that I kind of kind of was repressing basically, but it was all coming out at that point where it's just like, like it was more than just like low self-confidence, low self-esteem, like it was like self-loathing, like like I'm not a hateful person, but like I think in the most accurate like experience I could think of of hate was me hating myself. And just yeah, like at that point, like uh, I was really like struck. Okay, because like if my mind wasn't distracted, like that was part of the reason why I is like um, I wasn't able to focus on my revision that filmed my exams at because whenever I tried to sit down to do work, like I was just bombarded with like so many negative thoughts and words that um like I never really like I just thought was like 
at that time, I was just like, yeah, no, that's accurate. But later on, when I talked about people, so like some of the words I used were thinking a lot was like useless, pathetic, parasite. I thought that was normal. But then, and it's like later on, when I talked with the counselor, he was like, yeah, no, those were very strong, visceral words you're using. Like that's a very like negative reaction that you have towards yourself. And so basically, yeah, so I was like uh, up to that point, like I was like uh, getting used, trying to build my self-confidence back up, up again uh, with Canvas community. But I was also exploring what my source, what the source was of all of these this negative self-talk and negative self-story that you aren't worthy, you aren't um, good enough and all these things. Yeah. And so I know a bit of your story. For, so I just want to lay a bit of a background. Like Canvas is a place where we want people to belong just as they are. Whoever you are, regardless of your story, you are welcome at Canvas. Um, and you're welcome to be a part of our community as much or as little as you want to be. But we also want to provide a space for people to explore some of those life's big questions and um, questions of self-worth and self-value and where does that value come from? And for us, um, the campus staff, that comes from our faith and our belief in this guy named Jesus. And a part of that, our campus community have been exploring the, uh, what it means to follow Jesus in different settings. So what did you make of all this talk about Jesus, be it like a 10 or 15 minute talk um, during the term or other conversations you would hear throughout the Canvas community? Well, uh, actually, first things first, like um, the first uh, ball game that I had with Caleb and Bryant, they mentioned that, um, yeah, that uh, they were working for, they came here because they were working for like a Christian charity. Uh, my initial thought was like, oh dear, here we go again, Christian missionaries. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, so a bit about background, like, um, I kind of basically like a group atheist, but but like not like completely like I guess religious because like my dad grew up in a, a Christian household, but ended up uh, stop, uh, not believing in the end. But things like he was completely open to like uh, his children like exploring a uh, faith. Like he had nothing against Christianity; it just wasn't for him. And so like uh, basically, it was up to like us ourselves to explore faith. Um, when I was a kid, I was basically too lazy to do it. And uh, I was, my friends at the time, yeah, like they were all atheists as well. And basically our experiences with Christianity came from the very loud, obnoxious, negative side. Because uh, it's normally like, it's true for anything. That's you, the most, the negative side of anything tends to be the loudest. So we never really got up to see the good sides of Christianity that much because you have to go looking for it and because uh, they don't it's show it in your face. Yeah. Yeah. So I was always open to the idea of Christianity, yeah, like especially like coming to Canvas. Like um, I really got into like uh, it first started with a round table and then uh, there was the dub. I was like, I was really enjoying these uh, talks because like, like I like an intelligent conversation. Like I wanted to like hear people's different views, and so, and yeah, like I was really enjoying uh, people's conversation, like uh, what faith meant to them. It's like how it can be applied to the applied to them in real life, and so, and then yes, like I, I was enjoying like having discussion with them afterwards, like questioning the, um, it's like about different topics, 
Excellent. It's like, and I was always curious about the answer because, like, whether it's like a, like, I was quite nice. Uh, the answers were a mix of like both like rational answers, but also like um, genuine faith based as well. Oh, that uh, issue that uh, like uh, you guys weren't just complete blind faith. Like, um, you thought uh, about things uh, like uh, rationally and and uh, cleverly. Is like about life, uh, but it's like a, it was basically augmented by your faith in Jesus as well, which I found really fascinating. That like it was a hybrid; it wasn't one or the other, like sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and you felt like you had your space to explore and talk about and share your opinions and perspectives, and then hear other people who are like, "Oh, this is why I think this," or "This is why I think this." Um, and there's been different spaces as that you mentioned. We had a roundtable discussion where people could just share. We had some talks and then discussion afterwards at Canvas. But this past spring, our Canvas community went to this thing called Alpha, which is this course where people watch some videos um, with a Christian perspective. And after the Christian perspective, there is a discussion where people are able to share their opinions. What was your experience of the Alpha course? Um, I really enjoyed it, absolutely, because, yeah, it, it was everything that uh, I liked about the dub. It's like it was in a bigger setting with more people. And so, like, it was obvious that, um, yeah, it's obvious that the Alpha course was, like, a strong promoting advocacy of Christianity, but, uh, like, they did it such a good way where there is, like, um, like uh, they shared uh, their side in a 20 minute video. And then it's like you would like uh, talk about it in a group of a mix of different people of some Christians, some on the fence, some uh, complete opposition. But it's like all the conversation was like uh, very civilized uh, and everybody respected each other's viewpoints. And I was really enjoying it. And so, like, through those discussions, like, um, I managed to learn a lot about Christianity that. Um, like uh i didn't actually know before like uh it uh cleared up some like misconceptions that i had because like my view before alpha was that jesus did exist like there was historical evidence that he existed but i just considered to be like a good religious teacher uh, and that's all he was but like i didn't realize that jesus actually did call himself the son of god that uh, he was very aware of who he was and what he was trying to do so um so yeah, that was one of one of many misconceptions that was uh, cleared away from me, and um, just yeah, like as the sessions went on, it's like more misconceptions were being cleared up, and like there was like uh, I was believing more and more in this stuff, and uh, I was realizing it's because I wanted to believe in more of this stuff as well. Oh, like I, I thought, it was, like this is really good stuff. Uh, why shouldn't I believe in this? Uh, like, but I still had some logical hang-ups. Like, there was always the logical side of my brain. It's like, no, but that doesn't make sense, and that doesn't make sense. For this reason, or this reason, or this reason. Precisely, yeah. Uh, and it's just yeah, like the main, the main logical reason was says like, like miracles don't happen. Essentially, it's like yeah, because they go against logic, therefore they don't happen. Uh, so like, I was like, yeah, supernatural things don't happen. Until it happened in February or March, uh, 
probably should yeah, remember March, the exact right date. Before, it was the weekend before we went into a national lockdown, part one. Uh, and it was a Saturday, the last Saturday we could. It was this Alpha weekend. And what happened on the Alpha weekend? So, yeah, that weekend uh, was all about um, talking about the Holy Spirit. So, like, part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But throughout my life and, and all of my RE lessons, we never once talked about the Holy Spirit. So I, I knew nothing about it coming in. And it's the, like, it's probably the most important because it's probably, like, in terms of for, like, Christianity, like, it's the one they interact with most through God. It's through the Holy Spirit. And so um, so at the end of uh, the Alpha Weekend, it's like uh, they invite the Holy Spirit into the room to, who like uh, fill people up. So I decided to give it a try. And um, like after a while, like it didn't happen at first, but like after a lot of praying that I was genuinely like uh, trying so hard, I actually did feel God's presence in that day. And he did something massive for me. All of the like negative self-talk that I had that I've been uh, trying to deal with, with counseling, with talking with friends, and so that uh, I, was, I was like uh, working through, but it was still there. It on that day vanished, completely gone. What used to happen was that if I was to sit down quietly, the negative thoughts would start creeping in, and then suddenly I it would start bombarding me more unless I, I was able to distract myself. But now I'm able to sit in complete silence and just be at peace and at that point i just thought this is not logical yeah that this was something extraordinary like a miracle as you said earlier mm. something that can't be explained by i can't control all of this sort of thing yeah. um so that was the beginning of you really maybe deciding oh this is this faith thing is for me because it actually does sort of make sense in some ways. Yeah, because like my main logical counter argument was it's gone now. So I basically had nothing left. I'm just like, yeah, I I do believe in God. Simple as that. And so you mentioned about like this miracle that happened on that day in March. What has the negative self-talk looked like in the past five to six months? Um does it still exist at all or is it just like non-existent what what non-existent like um because of the lockdown i haven't really managed to show my face much and be able to like uh, show people how i've changed but uh, like on my f i've had a lot of like zoom calls with my family and friends and they've all noticed that uh, that i've seemed different i've seemed like more chipper as it were and just, yeah, like, uh, I seem to have a much more, like, positive outlook on everything. And just, yeah, like, um, like uh, don't get me wrong, Onk, like, um, I still have uh, the odd-off day. Like, uh, the anxiety, depression hasn't gone away. But, no, like uh, every problem in your life is fixed, but just this specific element of it. Like, one of the biggest challenges that I was facing is gone now yeah and so basically yeah like i'm looking forward to what i'm able to do now 
Uh, what it filled the space of where that negative self-talk was. That's what I'm uh, uh, to this day. I'm still trying to explore that. I still have, uh, still don't fully understand uh, what's left. I still don't dis fully understand what I'm going to fill it with. I'm still uh, exploring that, uh, like eight, like seven or eight months uh, down the line. So, but uh, the, but I'm still hopeful. I'm still. Um, like uh, looking forward to finding out. So um, I'd from talking to other university students and having friends, you're not the only person who has this negative self-talk or no, had experienced this negative self-talk in their life. What is your advice for somebody who is experiencing it first? Well, well, I mean, because like uh, negative self-talk can come from many different sources. For me, it was from myself. From personally, like all the negativity came from conceptions that I came up with myself. It didn't come from any outside influences. But some people's negative self-talk does come from outside influences, whether like bad relationship or like tragic events. Like it's different for everybody, so it's hard to find. And it's like a, an advice that's a good fit. So, uh, I guess the best advice that I could think of is that um, don't go it alone. I mean, it's like um, if you're able to seek counseling, absolutely do. It's like um, like um, you'll be able to get something uh, out of counseling, and something is always better than nothing. And just yeah, like um, don't Ask be afraid. Yeah, and don't be afraid to like uh, fall back on family and friends. Like like one thing that uh, for me was like I was uh, always afraid of inconveniencing or bothering people, so I always try to bottle it up and try to deal with it myself. Some people can do it, and that's great for them, but for me, it was way too hard to tackle by myself. Um, yeah, so, I like, think that's a really great insight, the power of asking for community and support and just being able to be vulnerable and being like, I'm not okay right now. And for you, it, one season, it was your dad. And it seems like since then, um, other people have come into your life where you can experience that. And be it professional help, be it family, be it friends, like talking to people is a very important first step, as you were mentioning. Um, so what's your advice for somebody who knows somebody who's struggling with negative self-talk? Um, so uh, I guess, yeah, it would be to offer support, not advice. Um, so like uh, when... Uh, like I did open up as like about what I was going through with some people, like some people, like uh, well-meaning people, like uh, offered like their insight and advice of how to deal with it. And because like I said, Ed, like it's different for absolutely everybody. Everybody's problems are different. So the solution is going to be different. So um, like the advice uh, isn't always going to be helpful for people. Sometimes it, it can be a bit infuriating to hear and I know that they were well-meaning, but it's just like at let that me time, fix it's like your the... problems for you in five minutes because I know I'm the expert in your life in these five minutes. Yeah, like people weren't. Yeah, like some people did have that attitude, like that really got my nerves. But others, like were just well-meaning, but just didn't pick the right words and said some words that kind of set me off. Off. So, like my advice would be to uh, just offer support, like just be there and like uh, support them. 
if they do like ask for something, absolutely, like uh, you can offer insight on something that if they ask about it, but like just like it's probably better to like just to like uh, keep them encouraged, like uh, keep like uh, keep enforcing that at uh, the love that uh, that they belong in a community that at uh, that you'll be there for them, and obviously like to do that you actually do genuinely have to be there for them so for instance like um, asking somebody how they are like um, if uh, you think their answer doesn't match uh, their mood like asking again is a good sign that you show that you care about them rather than just like you weren't just saying yeah how you are just to be polite i think that's like a very great and practical um step to end us on in our time is just like the how are you question like being legitimate and asking it two or three times even if that's what it takes and not trying to fix everybody's problems but to Mm -hmm. support them i think that's like very tangible steps that we all can do better at because i know for myself it's easy to just be like oh how can i fix this because i want to try to support but that's not always what is needed or what is best yeah, what's the last time you chose somebody up with a logical explanation? Yeah. Like, logic 100%. doesn't apply to human emotions. A hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, and so to end our time together, I have some five rapid fire questions for you, Christoph. So are you okay. ready? Ready. <laughs> okay. The first one. Community is a great TV show. Oh. Um, um <laughs> Uh, but uh, generally, a uh, community is a place where you belong, where you don't put on airs or you don't put on a persona that you think people will like. Like you belong for who you are. Really good. Um, number two, what is your favorite takeaway? Uh, pizza. Always pizza. Pizza. Is there a specific kind of pizza, like toppings and place that you would prefer? Um uh i'm gonna get some backlash for this uh meat beasts so vegetarians sorry vegans sorry um and at the moment on that one (laughs) and at the moment uh for my local takeaway is a pizza more i've been enjoying getting stuff from there so sweet number three what are you currently binging it could be a tv show it could be a podcast it could be a book even whatever uh, binging. Uh, I recently uh, resubscribed to Crunchyroll, which is an anime streaming service. I've been binging anime shows. Uh, for people who are already fans of anime, recommendation: Mob Psycho 100. Great show. If you're new to uh, anime, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. You can get that on Netflix, actually. Wow! Wow! Coming in with the double recommendations. Um. So, in the midst of COVID, what is something you are grateful for? Oh, easy. Um, Been uh, blessed with new life. Uh, my baby niece was uh, born like just over a week ago. Oh, so, oh that's like... awesome. Congratulations. Oh, oh, crap. I haven't told you yet. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I did not know this. This is breaking news for me right now. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, like, she's absolutely gorgeous. She's really cute and yeah, like I can't wait to meet her in person. And finally, 
a would you rather question. Would you rather travel the world for a year on a shoestring budget or stay in only one country for a year but live in luxury? Mm, it would really depend on the country to... Just say England. You're in the UK. That's it. Oh, then travel around the world on shoestring budget. Okay. Because, like, if it was a good country where there was a lot to see in a year, then yeah, I would uh, go for the luxury bit. <laughs> it's a good country. But just, yeah, like, you can see all of it, England in a month. Like, just. And plus, like, uh, you get some interesting experiences, like, slumming it in different countries. Fair enough. Thank you again for joining us on this week's podcast. Feel free to shoot us an email at unilife at canvashouse.org or check out our social media on Facebook or Instagram at Canvas Nottingham. Thanks all.